Hello, everyone. Pastor Kurt here. Thanks for joining me for today's devotion. It is Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. I'll be reading today from the Common English Bible Translation, and the readings come from the Revised Common Lectionary Daily Readings, and you can find a link to those in the show notes below. I also have printed down there the readings for today if you wanted to pause this and look those up before we continue. I do encourage you to follow along in your own Bible. Whatever translation you have is just fine. After each reading, there'll be a moment of silence for you to spend time reflecting on the passage, and then I'll offer up some of my own thoughts and reflections. So before we continue, let us pray. Oh, loving God, we are so thankful for this day and for this opportunity to gather together across the airwaves to read, to reflect, and to grow in our relationship with you. We pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes that we may see and our ears that we may hear all that you'd have us know. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so our first reading today is from the book of Job, chapter 19, verses 23 through 27. This is a shorter passage today. So again, Job 19 23 through 27. Oh, that my words were written down, inscribed on a scroll, with an iron instrument and lead, forever engraved on stone. But I know that my Redeemer is alive, and afterward he'll rise upon the dust. After my skin has been torn apart this way, then from my flesh I'll see God, whom I'll see myself, my eyes see and not a stranger's. I am utterly dejected. So I think it was uh, last Wednesday, uh, maybe, that we last looked at Job, and uh, Penny Benda and I reflected on the plight of Job and all the horrible things that have happened to him, and kind of uh, talked a little bit about lament and this idea that, you know, it wasn't God specifically that did this to Job, that, um, but uh, in essence, he was kind of being tested in a way, um, and uh, and. So I I don't really have a lot to say about this. Uh, this passage, you know, it, it's clear that he feels wronged in some way. Um, that uh, his friends and and according to the commenta- commentators in my study Bible talks about how he believes God maybe has wronged him in some way as well, and so he's looking for a redeemer, somebody who can um, can speak on his behalf to God. Um, I just want to read a couple. There's a there's a couple things in my study Bible that might be helpful for us to interpret and think about this passage a little bit. Um, I don't really have anything unique to myself to think about um, this passage. It's it's very short, um, but the passages are um, are familiar for us, right? Uh, verse 25. But I know that my Redeemer is alive. Another way that might have been. Um, uh, interpreted, I, I know that my Redeemer lives, and those, you know, that line is, has been in uh, several songs. Um, and and uh, anyway, I'm just going to read a couple of these things to you, and uh, maybe that'll be helpful. So this one here is just a sidebar on the on the re, on the phrase Redeemer. It says the best known words in the Book of Job are found in Job chapter 19, verse 25. 
And it says, see especially the music and lyrics for Handel's Messiah. So we see that phrase, um, but I know that my Redeemer is alive or my Redeemer lives is in Handel's Messiah. It says, this language isn't used in the New Testament, though Christians commonly link it to the person and the work of Jesus. So we think of Jesus as a, as a Redeemer for us. It says, this absence may in part be due to the fact that the text is difficult to translate and interpret. The identity of the Redeemer, um, the Hebrew word for uh, goel, is uncertain. It's G-O-E-L. Um, it's uncertain. The word could refer to God as the liberator of, of God's people. Um, we can see this in Isaiah 41, 14, 43, 14. Um, but most likely an avenger or vindicator is in view here. One who writes a wrong that has been committed against someone. Job believes that his friends and God have wronged him and that he needs a third party, probably a divine messenger of sorts, to speak on his behalf. Um, and then uh, down in the actual commentary, it says, Job voices some hope in the darkness of his life. He expresses a desire that in, his, that in case he dies, his words about his innocence will be inscribed in a form that lasts forever. So we see that in this uh, verse 23, that my words were written down, inscribed on a scroll with an iron instrument and lead forever engraved on stone. Um, and then it goes on to say, Job claims that his friends and God have wronged him. He wants that action reversed, probably by a divine messenger. And so uh, I know I talked, I'm fairly certain we talked about this last Wednesday too, but just this idea that, that Job, um, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. We were told that at the very beginning of Job, that he was a righteous person, that um, he was a good man. And um, all along uh, this journey through the book of Job, um, Job is trying to, to figure out why this happened to him. And his friends come to give him solace, but his friends only seem to want to accuse him, saying that he must have done something wrong in order for, for God to punish him, in order for this thing to have happened, because it was the belief in that time. Um, and we still see vestiges of this today, that um, if you do something wrong, then God must be punishing you for some reason. Um, but that is something that Job argues strongly against. He says, I haven't done anything wrong to deserve this. Why is this happening to me? And it really bring, gets us back to the, the big question um, that we've all faced throughout history is why do bad things happen to good people? You know, I think it's easy to figure out, you know, when we see somebody who has done something wrong and something bad happens to them, you know, I think it's natural for us to, to cheer on uh, that uh, misfortune because, you know, they've done wrong to us or to somebody else. And so, uh, and so sometimes we, which Jesus pushes back against this, but <laughs> sometimes we kind of take pleasure in that person's pain because they have caused, they're getting what they deserve basically is the idea behind that. But, um, anyway, so Job pushes back against this. He says, no, I haven't done anything wrong. And, and I'm sure you know people, or maybe you've experienced this yourself where something bad happened to you. That was no fault of your own. It just, you know, it was the the poor actions and decisions by another person and who used their free will in a negative manner, and that happened to affect you. Um, I and I I want to make sure I say this, and you've heard me probably say this, is that I do not believe God causes bad things to happen to us, and I don't think, and I especially don't think God causes bad things to happen to us so that we can be tested in some way. Um, in the book of Job, God allows 
um, bad things to happen. Um, but, you know, I think that that's true. If God is going to offer us free will, he's got to let us make choices, whether it's ourselves that have made poor choices that cause bad things to happen, or whether it's somebody who's made uh, a choice, um, a bad choice that affects, that affects us personally. Um, if God stops us from making choices, good or bad, then God has removed our free will. And by removing our free will, um, there is no relationship because when we have no choice to, uh, no choice to re in, in how we respond to God's love in, in our lives. So anyway, just some thoughts about this one. So let's look at our last reading. It is in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 3, um, verses uh, 14 through 16. 1 Timothy 3, 14 through 16. And here's another uh, fairly short passage. It says, I hope to come to you quickly, but I'm writing these things to you so that if I'm delayed, you'll know how you should behave in God's household. It is the church of the living God and the backbone and support of the truth. Without question, the mystery of godliness is great. He was revealed as a human, declared righteous by the Spirit, seen by angels, preached throughout the nations, believed in around the world, and taken up in glory. So Timothy, um, or this letter, these two letters to Timothy, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, are very similar um, in what they're addressing. Um, basically, these are attributed to Paul, though most scholars um, think that this was likely wasn't written by Paul himself, but by uh, somebody in the name of Paul. Um, this is one of those disputed letters. Um, but the letters really address the leadership within the church in Ephesus. And so um, uh, it is Paul writing to Timothy to kind of help guide him as the leader within this church as Paul is not there. And so we see in our reading for today, um, you know, we see this thing where it says, I hope to come to you quickly, but I'm writing these things to you so that if I'm delayed, you'll know uh, that you have, uh, that you should behave in God's household. And so He's saying, I'm hoping to be there with you in person to, uh, to guide you and to teach you and to help you as a leader in, in, the, in the Ephesus church. But um, if I'm delayed, you know, this letter will serve that purpose for you. And so he lifts that up as well. Um, the thing that really kind of stuck out to me, and I'm, I'm not 100% sure what to make of it yet, but it says uh, in verse 16, without question, the mystery of godliness, which godliness is, a, um, is an important topic for Paul in these letters. He says, uh, the mystery of godliness is great. And then it says, he was revealed as a human, declared righteous by the Spirit, seen by angels. So um, it talks about the godliness um, of, uh, or the mystery of godliness, and then starts to talk a, a little bit about Jesus and who Jesus is. And so 
I'm not sure if this is really trying to say that godliness is Christ or that to be godly is to imitate Christ, or I'm not really sure what um, the author here is trying to get across. But um, when we think of godliness, um, we think of holy living or right living. Uh, I think godliness is um, living our lives uh, dedicated to following in the footsteps of Christ. Um, we know that we are acting in godly ways when we begin to exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. Um, I think so often, you know, we hear uh, people say, you know, about godliness, uh, about Christians outside of the Christian faith or as well, you know, I think that godliness term is kind of associated with people who are holier than thou. Um, and um, and so, you know, people who kind of lord their their godliness over other people. Um, but I think this, this general term and, and maybe at least my interpretation or what just jumps out at me for today about this is, is the idea that we must to be godly means we have to exhibit the, th the characteristics of Christ, the fruits of the Holy Spirit's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. You know, all of these things that, um, that mark us as followers of Christ, um, uh, we were talking about this yesterday in book study about um, what the mark of Christ is and what that looks like, because um, people toss that kind of idea around for Christians too, that Christians are supposed to have the mark of, of the cross, right? The mark of the cross, the mark of Christ on us. And what does that look like? Well, that is the exhibiting the, the features of Jesus Christ, <clears throat> um, the sacrificial love that he had, um, the, the care and compassion for the homeless and the poor and the sick and those who are oppressed, you know, the very things that we, that we heard on Sunday um, on our, um, as Jesus describes his ministry um, through uh, the passage in the book of Isaiah, right? So um, when we think of godliness, I, I think it's important to think about how we live according to Christ. And, and that, I believe, is, is really kind of the heart of what Paul's trying to get at here with Timothy is, you know, if, if I can't be there with you, just continue to, to live a godly life devoted to following in the footsteps of Christ, trying to be who Jesus is every single day. And when you do that, you know, I think everything else will, will take care of itself. So that is it for our readings today. So we're going to spend some time in prayer, and I'll be lifting up some prayer requests or categories of prayer. After each prayer, there'll be a moment of silence for you to spend some time lifting up your own personal prayers to God. And then I will say the words, Lord, in your mercy, your response will be, hear our prayer. And when we're done with all of the prayer requests, we'll join together in the Lord's prayer. So let us pray. Oh God, we are so thankful for all that you have placed upon our hearts today through these readings and reflections. We bring now before you those things that are heavy on our hearts. And we begin by praying for the people of our faith communities. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are suffering and those who are in trouble.
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the concerns of our local communities. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the beautiful earth you have given to our care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the Church Universal, its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we lift all this before you, praying for healing, comfort, strength, peace, and wisdom as we pray the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, that's all for today's devotion. I hope you are able to hear a word from God for your life today. If you have any questions, suggestions, prayer requests, or would like to share with me some of your own thoughts and reflections on today's readings, I'd love to hear from you. And you can send those to the show email at admin at pastorkurt.com. May you go, to, to, uh, go forth today in peace, shining the light of Christ everywhere you go. Until next time, have a blessed day. Bye.